Welcome back to another episode of Heart on the Hill. As always, I'm your host, Micah Hart. Thanks for tuning in today. Now I've got a great episode planned for you today. This is basically beginning to follow up from last episode. So I want to start with something that I talked about, and then I'm going to go into some more content because there's always things to talk about in politics. So without further ado, let's get into things. TikTok CEO testified in front of the House of Representatives at the House Energy and Commerce Committee hearing. Chairwoman Kathy McMorris-Rogers raised her concerns from the onset about the app's power and ties to China. Is it accurate to say that you are in regular communication with the CEO of ByteDance, Leon Robo? Chair Rogers, yes, uh, I am in Thank you. communication with him. Okay. Kelly Zhang is the CEO of ByteDance China overseeing Doyen, the Chinese version of TikTok. Are you in regular communication with Kelly? I'm not in regular communication with her. The ByteDance editor-in-chief is Zong Fuping, correct? I believe so. And Wu Shugang is Beijing ByteDance technology board member and also an official of the Cyberspace Administration in China. Is this correct? Uh, I believe so. I, they are not Thank in you. the right... Thank you. All of these individuals work or affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party are at the highest levels of leadership at ByteDance, a company where you previously served as the chief financial officer and where you regularly communicate with their CEO. TikTok has told us that you weren't sharing data with the CCP, but leaked audio from within TikTok has proven otherwise. TikTok told us that you weren't Tracking the geolocation of American citizens, you were. TikTok told us you weren't spying on journalists, you were. In your testimony, you state that ByteDance is not beholden to the CCP. Again, each of the individuals I listed are affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party, including Zhang Fuping, who is reported to be the, the Communist Party secretary of ByteDance, and who has called for the party committee to, quote, take the lead across all party lines to ensure the algorithm is enforced by, quote, Correct political direction. Just this morning, the Wall Street Journal reported that the CCP is opposed to a forced sale of TikTok by ByteDance, quoting a CCP spokesman as saying the Chinese government would make a decision regarding any sale of TikTok. So the CCP believes they have the final say over your company. I have zero confidence in your assertion that ByteDance and TikTok are not beholden to the CCP. Now, I talked about this last time and i think it's a very big issue there's a lot of concern about the national security threat that tiktok poses because of its ties to china and there's very valid concern for that that is one of my biggest concerns as well as do we know our people's data is being protected do we know our people are not being tracked located things like that we need answers and i'm very happy that congress is looking into this, that the House of Representatives had this hearing with the CEO of TikTok. That's huge. And it needed to happen. It has had to happen for a long time now. And I think the chairwoman brings up a lot of valid points that need to be brought up about our people and what's going on on TikTok. There's so many aspects to this whole argument that need to be looked into. And I think another part of this that I didn't really include right here was really the mental health aspects of it as well. TikTok obviously has been around for some time now and we can see the effects of that as well on social media in general just on children 
on adults even and really how people are dealing with mental health. And I think too, really during COVID, there was obviously a lot of people on social media more because they were we were all stuck at home. And I think that has played into it as well. So I think that'll be an interesting part of this as well to see what does is do we go into that as well with TikTok? What what are we doing there? And really also with TikToks, how they allow things to stay up and what they take down to, as I talked about last time, was really a big thing in this whole debacle that we're seeing go down in Congress that really needed to happen for some time now because I mean, if it's becoming a a issue that affects the national security of the United States, then it needs to be heard. We need to have hearings on this. This should not just be a one and done thing. We should be continually monitoring this situation, which I think they're going to start doing and really be focusing on. And I wish that both sides could just come together on this and be like, yeah, this is where we are united front on this because this is an issue not just of an app and the power it has, but an app and its influence on the people directly influencing, but also being able to take data and stuff like that. So there's much more to this than just meets the eye at first. There's so much to dive into here, look into, analyze, and discuss about. And I think as time goes on, we'll be able to see that more with different maybe hearings or different legislation. I think you'll start to see things. I mean, TikTok's been on with state legislatures doing things um, or different governments um, at the state level really working on their own things uh, with TikTok and um, having bans or things like that. So I think we'll see things over time and how that has to play on how that really shapes then national policy. And if it, ha if it shapes the national policy, I think I'm really interested to see where this story ends up going. And I honestly don't know. I wish I could be like, I think this is where it is. But I think right now there are really opposing sides on this and it's going to take some time to really figure out well what do we do where do we go from here and I think it plays also into whatever happens here what how does this affect other social media platforms like Instagram Facebook what what happens there as well is there some more accountability coming there too I think that this will be just a big thing to watch over the years as social media as technology advances rapidly what does that mean for us as people? What does that mean for our country? What does that mean for politics, government, how we run and operate and people's mental health? There's going to be so many facets we're going to have to start looking at as time goes on and we see the effects of this really build up. But until then, I will continue to report on that as well. Republicans in the House just passed a bill on Friday that would give parents more power over their education of their children by altering the Elementary and Secondary Education Act. NBC reports that the bill passed in a 213 to 208 vote with several amendments being voted on. According to the Washington Post prior to the passage of the bill, it would require that certain information from public schools is released, such as reading lists, curriculums, and in addition to this, according to NBC, the bill requires that there are at least two parent-teacher conferences in person and parental opinions on the state of the school would have to be heard by the school board. Now, one of the staunch opponents of this is AOC. She's a Democrat from New York, and she said that all of this about the parental rights bill, she believes, is not helpful in supporting the LGBTQ community. I think what we're seeing here today is the Republicans' attempt, Republican Party's attempt, to take 
Some of the most heinous legislation that we are seeing passed on the state level to attack our trans and LGBT, as well as people from marginalized communities, right to exist in schools. This flowery language of quote-unquote parental rights and freedom hides the sinister fact of this legislative text. If you notice in these arguments, they are not really discussing what is actually in this legislation. It includes two provisions that require schools to out trans, non-binary, and LGBT youth, even if it would put said youth in harm's way. This Republican bill is asking the government to force the outing of LGBT people before they are ready. And talking about the rights of parents in this gallery today, the National Parents Union is here saying, don't do this. I have a letter that I'd like to submit where they are asking the Republican Party to keep culture wars out of classrooms. Our children need urgent and aggressive educational solutions. The American Library Association coming out against this Republican proposal. When we talk about progressive values, I can say what my progressive value is, and that is freedom over fascism. On the other side of the aisle is Speaker McCarthy, and he's pushing for this legislation. He's been pushing for it. He did push for it, and he believes it will be beneficial in letting parents be involved in their child's education. Democrats didn't believe that uh, in this bill we say parents have a right to be heard, that they should be able to go to school board meetings and not be called terrorists, that they could have a say, but Democrats thought that was too extreme. Parents should have a right to know where their tax dollars are being spent in the schools, the budgets. But Democrats thought that was too extreme. In this bill, we protect the children's privacy. But the data can't be, be sent around that parents should know what they do with it. But Democrats thought that was too extreme. We thought parents should know if there's any violent activity on campus. Not just to your child, but to any, so you'll be warned. But Democrats thought that was too extreme. Today was a win for every mother, every father, but most importantly, for every student in America. You have a Parents' Bill of Rights now. But unfortunately, the Democrats are too extreme to believe that parents should have a say in their kids' education. Now, this is a very interesting story to just dive into and focus on. I think this bill has been a long time coming for Republicans, and I am thrilled to see that they put it up finally, that we're getting somewhere. Literally, what we saw with COVID and the education system was disgusting. We saw struggling students. And you know what? I am applaud the teachers who worked day in and day out to do something. They, they tried, but school systems just struggled because it's hard to teach when you're online. It's hard to do things. It's hard when you have different people in different areas and how they can have access to a computer or not. We, there are struggle. There are so many factors to consider in this with COVID. And, but I think that we really did a disgrace to our, a disservice to our students during that time. And my question now comes to this. And as somebody who's in college and who was in high school during COVID, my question is, well, what happens to those students who are now, they're all going to be behind. They're going to struggle what, what's going to happen? Where do we go? And parents need to be involved. Parents should be able to stand up and say, you know what? This is wrong. But also, I think this bill does a lot more than that. That's just like 
what COVID did. But there's a lot of stuff going on in schools right now. There's a lot of woke stuff going on in schools that is affecting children. And that's huge. Children should be able to go to school to get an education. They should be able to go learn about numbers, learn about reading, how to read. They should be learning about history of the United States, the true history of the United States, which is what Hillsdale College does and teaches here. And that's what we should be teaching and promoting. And we're seeing schools being infiltrated by extreme left-wing ideology. Look, I don't want kindergartners, first graders, second graders, third graders to be taught an ideology at all. I think they should just be learning the building blocks of what it means to get an education, to learn the foundation, get that foundation. That's what schools should be for. Not pushing an agenda. That's not what school's about. School's about being able to learn, get this education. I don't understand why we can't just come to that and be like, school is for that and parents should have the right to be involved. These are their children. This is the parent's child being educated. They have a right to know what's going on in that classroom and they have a right to know how it's being taught, who's teaching it, what's being taught, why it's being taught that way. And they should be able to raise their concerns to the school board. School boards should have to listen to parents because parents are the ones who are directly involved in this whole thing. School should be a partnership with parents, a child, the teacher, and the school administration. It should be everyone partnering together to give a child the best education they can get because an education is a crucial part in success and in life in general, just to have skills to function in life. Education is so important and we need to allow parents to voice their concerns and bring up things, know the curriculum, know what their child's being taught. I don't know why it's such a divisive thing to say now is that parents can know what their ch children are being taught. Parents should know what their children are being taught. We should want active parents. We should want parents who are involved in their child's lives. We should want parents who are involved in curriculum, who know what's going on in the classroom, who are in communication with their teachers, who are in communication with the school boards, because that's what makes schools thrive. That's what makes children do better, is being able to have this whole system where everyone's communicating for the betterment of the child, of that child. And I don't think any ideology should be pushed on these children at that age. We really need to be dig our feet into the ground and stand firm. That's what the Republican Party needs to do because this isn't just about adults anymore. This is about children. They're going at the most vulnerable among us, the most susceptible to different things. They need to just go to school and learn. And Republicans need to stay unwavering in that push to protect parents' rights and protect children. And that's what needs to continue to happen. And I'm very happy that this piece of legislation really focused on issues such as curriculum and parent-teacher conferences and allowing school board parental opinions to be expressed. That's what we need in this country. That's what we should have. And, you know, Ronald Reagan once said, all great change in America begins at the dinner table. And I think that is such a great quote to consider because I think it's so true is that, you know, at the end of the day, that's where we should be allowing these change, these ideological things to form is at the dinner table. When you're having conversations with your family, that is when you should be forming your values. That is when you should be learning from your family really about 
what it means to be an American, what it means to just be a person, what you learn your values. That's where I learned my values from my family, first and foremost, and my faith. And I believe that that is what put me down where I am. And I'm so blessed for that. And I want that to still be what happens in the United States. And I sadly think it's faltering and falling away. And that's really concerning to me. And I really hope that we can we can go back to those days of having dinner at the dinner table, having those conversations, and letting children form their opinions from that. I think that was so important in my life, and I think it's so important in the lives of so many other people as well. But I think only time will tell as to what ends up happening. And I think Republicans, as I said, really need to dig their heels in on this issue. According to CNN, the Ted Lasso team is working with the Biden administration to have conversations about mental health. Now, Biden has emphasized the importance of mental health in the past, especially at the State of the Union last year. Biden reiterated the need to raise awareness and support for those struggling with mental health issues. In addition to the statements from the president, this battle is affecting a member of Congress in a major way and probably many members. But Senator John Fetterman of Pennsylvania is currently seeking help for clinical depression, which has meant that he has been hospitalized. And according to AP News, the newly elected senator is expected back in the Senate chamber soon, but no specific date has been given. Well, first and foremost, I just want to say my thoughts and prayers are with the Fetterman family and Fetterman himself. You know, I think we can be so divisive politically. And, you know, I disagree with John Fetterman a lot. However, I really think it is important to consider how much mental health impacts people and their lives. And I don't care what party you're from. It's important to just really focus on that because mental health affects so many people and we should be able to just be there for people no matter what party they're from, where they're from, their walks of life, anything. We need to put more emphasis on this. And I think that you know, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. I think we really need to push for mental health reform. It's something that has been needed in this country and will continue to be needed in this country. And I think that COVID really played a part into this as well with mental health and how people deal with things. And the fact that Biden mentioned this is important. Now, look, I disagree with Biden on a lot of things, and I probably will disagree with him on ways we should implement different things within the mental health system. However, I think that the overall premise is a great thing, is promoting mental health awareness, promoting support, helping get people the help that they need, because this is such a silent issue, disease that people go through with mental health, all the different types. There is such a silent battle, I feel like, at times. And it's important that we raise this awareness and allow people to get that help, get what they need to get back on their feet to live their lives because it's a debilitating, they can be debilitating for people and we need to do that. And as I said, you know, I do disagree with John Fetterman. I always will on all these issues. However, at the end of the day, he's a human being more than anything. That's what America needs to come back to is that no matter if you're Republican or you're Democrat, no matter if you're independent, no matter 
what you are on the political spectrum. That is just a dot on a spectrum. You are a person at the end of the day with feelings, emotions, everything. You are a human being with a soul and a heart. And that is so much more important than, than a party. And that comes from somebody who's very party involved and believes in a specific party as the best option. But at the end of the day, I do think we're all humans and we should be there for each other because these are issues that affect us on an everyday basis that we just live with and people live with silently. And it's time to bring help and bring awareness and continue to end the stigma, especially I think for men's mental health too. Ending the stigma of that mental health for men and raising awareness that it's important to get mental health support no matter who you are, no matter anything. So I think that's a big thing and I'm wishing John Fetterman the best as he continues on his journey with this. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I enjoy talking to you about all these different issues that are going on in our country and in our world. There's so much going on and it, I know at times it seems so divided and broken, but you know, at the end of the day, we are people, as I've said so many times, and that's that's what it comes down to. And America looks so divided, but I do truly think that we can come together and unite on different issues and support each other, no matter what we agree about and disagree about. I think that that is the America that I want, that we should want to go towards. And I know politically we're so divided and we seem so divided and the media really pushes that we're divided. But I really think that there is a light at the end of the tunnel that we can really work towards a better and more perfect nation. And I really hope that's what my show is able to portray is that my hope for this nation and through this news, you know, we see so much divisive news, but I really hope that that's what I can get to you. Well, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Heart on the Hill. This is Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Have a great day. Bye.